1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 The Answer. Glad to have you along today. You can listen to the show via the podcast element. Go to 989TheAnswer.com. Click on shows, or listen, actually, click on listen, then click on podcast. You know that we have been keeping our eyes on the U.S. Senate race, very important race, Rob Portman bowing out of the Senate. I'm actually glad. I think we need uh, fighters in the Senate. We have an array of them to pick from, and it's a pleasure to welcome to the show at any point in time anyone who wants to get to know you better, introduce themselves to you. We have had numerous candidates on. We will continue to do that. As we build toward the May primary, it's our pleasure now to welcome to the show one of those candidates, Josh Mandel. Josh, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming on.
2: Hey, thanks, Bruce. Good to be on.
1: Uh, I want to get to your editorial on townhall.com about energy prices soon, but I want to start with what I always do when I have a guest on, and that is I Google them and I see what the latest headlines are. And here's the one of the headlines I want to ask you about because you've made your campaign – and talked about what differentiates your campaign is that you've reached out to voters via churches. And when you were at the leadership forum at Genoa uh, in late October, you talked about the amount of uh, people who have come out to see you at churches, small, mega churches, middle-sized churches, and all that. Uh, And I was so struck, Josh, after that, that the media coverage of Genoa made kind of a mockery of the fact that someone who is Jewish— would uphold judeo-Christian values, so here's a story from forward.com that says, "Is Josh Mandel obscuring his Jewishness to win votes? What do you make of this uh, perception out there in the liberal media that you're somehow you should somehow be disqualified from <laughs> standing up for judeo-Christian values because you're Jewish? It's ridiculous, but but
2: here, here's the bigger issue. Let's take a step back. Men and women of faith in this country, Bruce, we are under attack, a full-out assault from the secular left and radical left. They are trying to take God out of all aspects of society. And my personal feeling is we should not be watering down on the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America. We should be doubling down. On those judeo-christian values we should be instilling them in the classroom in the workplace and everywhere in society and you know the the media and the left they they love to say that we're the intolerant ones Mm. because you know we don't want boys and girls bathrooms and they say we're the intolerant ones because we don't want boys playing girl sports or we're the intolerant ones because we don't want eight-year-olds to be taught that there's fifty genders and they can pick their gender (laughs) how about this all you lefties out there our beliefs that judeo-christian bedrock of america those beliefs have been around for thousands of years while the left they're just making things up as they go and so the actual intolerant ones—it's not us as men and women of faith. The intolerant ones are the left and the media who don't respect our beliefs that have been around for thousands of years. And I'm sick and tired of of just our our Republican Party just taking it. They're just sitting down and taking it like a bunch of wimps. You know, when when I was in the Marine Corps, Bruce, we had this term. Uh, soup and sandwich, and we, we'd use it to describe like people we come across in Iraq or elsewhere that were just weak. You know, when you when you dip a sandwich in soup, it gets like real soggy.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: You know, th- that's how a lot of the Republicans have become. They're just they're soggy. They're not willing to fight. And I'm out here like I am fighting. I, I'm not going to Washington to make friends. I'm not going to Washington to get. Be liked. I'm not going to Washington to get invited to the cocktail parties. I'm going there to stand up for the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America, to stand up for the Constitution, and, and really to try to save the country for our kids and grandkids, because I'm I'm, I'm firmly in belief that Biden and the Obama Alumni Association, <laughs> Obama himself, Valerie Jarrett, Eric Holder, Samantha Powers, Susan Rice, they are trying to bring... Down America, and if we're going to save this country, we can't send these soggy Republicans like Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Anthony Gonzalez, John Kasich. They're just weak. You know, we got to send constitutional conservatives. You know, I'm, I'm pro God, pro gun, pro Trump, and I'm going to Washington to be reinforcements for other fighters like Jim Jordan, Ted Cruz, and, and Donald Trump. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's it, man. We are in a fight. Like, now is not the time for bipartisanship. Now is not the time for playing footsie with Democrats. Like, we got to send
1: fighters to Washington. Josh Mandel is our guest. He's running for the nomination on the Republican Senate race. Primary is in May. You can find out more about Josh and his agenda and his viewpoints at His website, JoshMandel.com. His Twitter site is at JoshMandelOhio. All right. You wrote an editorial for TownHall.com. Full disclosure, TownHall.com is a Salem Media enterprise. It is uh, co-owned, or at least it's affiliated with Salem Media. And you say that the Democrats are purposely driving up energy prices. Make your case for that. Why do you say that? Sure.
2: So the Democrat Party... Used to be like a three-legged stool. It it was funded by the plaintiffs' bar, um, and you know a lot of the like personal injury attorneys and and folks like that. Mm -hmm. It was funded by the unions, and it was funded by the abortion industry. Now it's a five-legged stool. You you add on a stool that's uh, big tech in Silicon Valley, Mm -hmm. and then that fifth fifth tool, uh, fifth leg in the stool is the climate hysteria industry. You've got all these folks like Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these others who are the biggest hypocrites in the world who say they care about the environment and fly around the country and the world on their private jets while they're laughing all the way to the bank. And you've got all these companies, you know, Solyndra was the poster child, but there's all these other green energy companies that cannot stand up without government money, can't stand up without our tax money. And what the Democrats are trying to do, what Biden is trying to do is – Increase energy prices in this country at the gas pump, prices to heat homes this winter. Increase it to the the point where the American consumer says, you know what? Maybe these windmills and solar panels aren't so bad, and maybe it's okay to use our tax money for it. I mean, that is what they want. They want to use our tax money to enrich their friends and donors, so then their friends and donors can donate to Democrat campaigns, and it's this ugly cynical cycle um, that biden is trying to perpetuate and you want to know who gets screwed it's a it's a family in columbus ohio where mom and dad are working very hard and they've got two or three kids but they, they don't have a lot of money extra money on the side there's not a lot of dispensable income and they get screwed when energy prices go up because now it's getting tough to put money away for college or put money away for retirement because you're spending so much more at the pump or heating your home and the the working class in this country biden and his socialist buddies like they don't give a hoot about the working class they are totally bought and paid for by the coastal elites and one of the centerpiece of money making for the coastal elites is is all these green energy
1: boondoggles Josh Mandel is our guest. He is running for the seat currently held by Rob Portman in Washington, D.C. He's in a primary with other Republican candidates. May is the primary. Tim Ryan will likely be the Democratic nominee. And, Josh, you know, you just described me, and I think you described about 98% of our audience every time I hear Biden say, I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. First, I know it's a lie. Second of all, every time I fill up my... Mid-sized sedan that gets 33 miles per gallon, which I think that's pretty green friendly. It costs me $15 more every time I fill it up. And then I'm insulted. I'm insulted. My intelligence is insulted when I hear Pete Buttigieg say, well, you know, if you get an electric car, you'll save $800 a year on fuel costs. Great. I'll save $800 a year by spending 40 grand or more on an electric car. As long as that car lasts 50 years, Pete, I'm breaking even. So I find the phrase an inch deep and a mile wide invented for democratic analysis of issues like energy prices because their positions just do not make sense. So I think you're right on the money with what you say about this uh, energy situation in your editorial on townhall.com.
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, one of the other things I didn't really have enough space to write about, but it's amazing what's going on here in Ohio, if you took Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and you combined our three states into a region, that region would be the third largest producer of natural gas in the entire world. Bruce, we are literally sitting on a gold mine of natural gas an hour away from Columbus. Mm. And it's, it's jobs for Ohio families – bringing down energy costs to heat our homes and our factories, bringing down costs of the pump, and Biden's trying to stop it. It's unbelievable. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's an energy revolution right here in Ohio, and it's clean. Natural gas is clean. And the, the fact that you know, Biden and his socialist comrades are okay with a pipeline in Europe, and they want to approve the pipelines and remove sanctions from pipelines in Russia, but then they blocked the pipeline in America. It is literally the antithesis to America first. Uh. You know, people thought that the America first was a uh, slogan for Trump. It wasn't a slogan. It was a governing philosophy, You know, whether it meant taking on China and putting the American worker over the Chinese worker, whether it meant domestic American energy production instead of depending on radical Islamic regimes or other regimes so that we're safer, makes the American family safer, whether it was trying to lower taxes on families here in the Midwest and the working class. Um, Trump put American families and American citizens and American taxpayers first. And listen, what Biden's trying to do is, I believe, carry out the Obama Soros doctrine, which is bringing down America, bringing up other countries and creating this, quote unquote, global community where everyone's equal and that's not good for Americans. It's not good for Ohioans. Like, I'm a strong believer in the Reagan doctrine, the shining city on the hill that says when America is strongest, when our economy is strongest, when our military is strongest, that is when the American citizen and family prospers.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You can find out more about Josh and his positions on all the issues on his Twitter site at Josh Mandel, Ohio, and his webpage is Josh Mandel. Ohio.com. Josh, appreciate your time. As always, thanks for coming on the show today.
2: Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate what you do to stand up for the Constitution and for our
1: country. Always. Josh Mandel. Very good. We'll be back with more next on The Bruce Hooley Show. I appreciate Josh Mandel coming on the show. We have uh, endeavored to introduce you to all the candidates. Multiple times. Why? Because, hey, the campaign is always fluctuating. There are all new issues. There's always a reaction to issues in the news. Uh, Josh's message has been pretty consistent. Uh, Bernie Moreno has been a guest on this show multiple times. Jane Timpkins has been on the show at least twice. I uh, have not had Mike Gibbons yet. He's welcome to come on. Matt Dolan is welcome to come on. Although I will tell you, Matt Dolan and Matt Dolan people, if Matt Dolan comes on the show... I'm going to ask him about why he signed on as a Republican sponsor of the Fairness Act. Which, of course, because it's got 34 Democratic sponsors, it's the Unfairness Act. Because it would allow biological boys to play girls' sports and be in girls' locker rooms in high schools. That is an egregious position for any legislator of any political party to take. It is doubly egregious for a Republican legislator to take. So I don't think Matt Dolan and his people are going to reach out because I will absolutely demand an answer on that. And I would imagine that our conversation would involve nothing else because for anyone to say that business interests in Ohio, and this is the argument that Matt Dolan and the other two Republican sponsors of the Fairness Act make, that if we don't support the Fairness Act, then we're going to offend The LGBTQRSTUV Alphabet Mafia. And businesses in Ohio will suffer. Okay, A, I don't believe that. I believe it will offend the LGBTQRSTUV Alphabet Mafia. I don't care. Because always and forever, the first filter, the first test, the first standard is, are you standing for truth? Okay, it's not true that you are entitled to be treated as a woman simply because you feel or say you are a woman. That is not true, okay? I try not to overload you with biblical positions on this show, but my worldview is that God is sovereign, which means he's in charge of everything. God is all-knowing, which means he's infallible, So an infallible God would not be infallible. He would, in fact, be fallible if he made a mistake giving a child an anatomy that did not match up with who that same God designed them to be. So that is my argument against transgenderism from a personal perspective. I do not try to impose it on anyone else, but I expose it to everyone. And the other thing that must always be of concern for people who are elected to represent the citizenry, like Matt Dolan, is that you should always prioritize the safety of your constituents on the federal level. That means funding a more than adequate defense, because defense is a deterrent. But protecting the citizenry is about much, much more than having a very competent military. It is about protecting the citizenry on issues of crime. And yes, it is about protecting the citizenry on issues of culture. And that is where we get into transgenderism in schools. And that is where Matt Dolan is absolutely 100% wrong. Because my daughters, I can tell you, would not feel, nor would they be, safe in a school restroom if a biological boy, which is to say a boy, could be legally in that restroom or in that locker room. And if it is a choice between, oh, we're going to have a robust business community where the LGBTQ community doesn't protest the fact that we're not gay-friendly in our business practices, if that's One choice, and your other choice is, I got to protect girls from being raped in restrooms like happened in Loudonville, Virginia? I would hope, I would hope every single legislator would understand that it is incumbent upon them to side with the safety of the girls. So, I'm not going to let Matt Dolan off the hook on his lame, weak, feckless excuse that, well, you know, if we don't pass the Fairness Act, it could be bad for business in Ohio. Okay, fine. We'll survive. Stupid position. So that's a long way of saying you're welcome to come on the show, Matt, but you will have to answer for your positions, which I think are horribly out of touch with common sense, logic, decency, among many other things. Okay, now, as it concerns the Michigan school shooter, he is charged with terrorism. He's charged with murder. He should be. Uh, I think this kid should get the death penalty. I do. I don't care if he's young. The difference here, does he know the difference between right and wrong? Do you think he walked out of that restroom with a gun in his hand and walked past kids in the hallway purposefully, maliciously shooting them in the head and neck and was unclear on whether that's right or wrong, ah, you can come at me, which if you have, you know, a working knowledge of things I've said on the show before, you're going to say, hey, Bruce, aren't you the guy who said a kid's brain is not fully developed until he's 25 years old? Yes, I am. And it's the reason part of his brain that's not fully developed until he's 25 years old. So, Could you come back at me and say, well, you know, he doesn't have the reason part of his brain fully developed. How can you hold him accountable to the point of death for the decision that he made? Because I don't think you have to have every synapsis connected as a high school sophomore, which is how old he is, to know that what he did is wrong. And to know that the consequence of ending the lives of four other students is you're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your life. But he's also charged with terrorism, which I find interesting. And I have no problem with him being charged with terrorism. What I have a problem with is why Daryl Brooks is not charged with terrorism. Daryl Brooks is the Waukesha murderer. Okay? So he drove his SUV up the back of grandmas and children. He killed how many? I've lost track. We had another one. Is it six? Daryl Brooks, maybe seven now. Daryl Brooks is not charged with terrorism. Why is that? Well, he's out on $1,000 bail. So the Milwaukee prosecutor clearly doesn't think that Daryl Brooks's litany of past crimes is serious. So let's mitigate and reduce all charges against him if we can, because Daryl Brooks is not that dangerous. Because if he is, then our positions as leftists are dangerous